to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome back to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and this is part of the Stoppage Time Soccer Show radio network. Kind of got a big show. I don't know if that means it's going to be a long show, but we kind of got a lot of news that broke today. We're also going to recap the midweek games that just happened uh, on uh, when, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Then we're going to look ahead at the USL final. The USL Championship Final, which is on Sunday. We're going to look ahead at the games that take place on the weekend for MLS. And we're going to take a look at Americans Abroad uh, in the Champions League and uh, kind of see how they uh, did this week. So let's get into it. Uh, I guess let's start with, uh, well, let's start with with the games. We'll start with the games. On uh, Tuesday, October 27th at 10 p.m. Eastern time was Vancouver Whitecaps versus Seattle Sounders. 54 minutes in, uh, Rudy Diaz scored for uh, Seattle Sounders. 60th minute, Nicholas Ladero scored to make it 2-0, and that's how that match finished. Another Cascadia matchup there, uh, which put Seattle in a good good standing uh, in the West. Uh, If we look at the next match, which was New York Red Bulls on Wednesday, October 28th at 7 p.m. against the New England Revolution, it took the New York Red Bulls all the way until the 89th minute for Aaron Long to score to make it a 1-0 when uh, Red Bulls were out-possessed, same amount of shots, uh, less passing success, uh, but other than that... uh, pretty much kind of even on everything. So uh, the possession was, uh, if you want to know that, stat 56 to New England and 44 to the New York Red Bulls. Uh, we'll take a look at the standings after all of these games. Next up was FC Cincinnati versus Sporting Kansas City. That was on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and 57 minutes in, Roger Espinoza scores to make it 1-0, assisted by Polito. 57 minutes in, like I said. 62 minutes in, De Jong misses a penalty for FC Cincinnati, and that's how the match ends. It just continues to be a 1-0 match. 
win for Sporting Kansas City and puts them in good spot for the West uh, as well. We'll talk about what updated there because they did move up to first and now they're back to second all in the span of a day with no games being played. So we'll kind of explain that if you don't already know why that is. We'll get into it. The big one that was on, uh, this one was on, I think, national television. Um, Orlando City versus Atlanta United. I think this was on FS1, 730. Uh, Daryl DK scores 29 minutes in to make it 1-0. Chris Mueller scores a great uh, free kick to make it 2-0, 45 minutes in. Then you get Tesho Ekendele on the scoreboard 60 minutes in. He hasn't done too much in Orlando, but, you know, he did score a goal here. And then you have Eric Torres, Kubo Torres, scoring for Atlanta United 87 minutes in. And 90 minutes in, uh, Mendez scores to make it 4-1 Orlando City. A big statement win against... uh, These two are actually rivals. You may not notice that uh, because of the different... Uh, you know, it's not like a derby match where it's Orlando versus Miami. It's Orlando-Atlanta, but they do not like each other. And Orlando getting the win here by such a large margin is pretty impressive. Yes, Atlanta is a former, is it like a shell of their former self. But uh, Orlando is really turning around under uh, Oscar Perea this season. He's definitely up there for coach of the year. He's not my pick for coach of the year, but he he's up there if you're going to select a coach of the year for sure. Philadelphia Union 2, Chicago Fire 1. This was also on Wednesday at 7.30. 28 minutes in, penalty. Casper Shabilko converts it. It was a handball in the box. His arm is kind of uh, tight to his body, but it does kind of come out a bit. And as we know, if you've listened to Stoppage Time uh, soccer show, we have discussed these new handball rules, and the fact is that it doesn't even really seem to matter if your hands are too far down your side. They almost have to be behind you at this rate for it to really make a difference. Uh, 36 minutes in, Francisco Calvo gets a red card for Chicago. And then 42 minutes in, just some mess in the back, really. Robert Barrick converts a goal to equalize for Chicago. Uh, If you didn't get to see it, what it kind of was was... uh, it kind of falls to an open man. He takes a shot. Blake saves it. It's looping up in the air as he saves it. Comes back down. Somebody, uh, I forget who it was, uh, probably Mahalovic. Yeah, Mahalovic uh, hits it across uh, back towards the center of the box where Barrick is standing, and he scores the goal. Uh, 65 minutes in, Corey Burke. Uh, we haven't talked much about him on this show. Uh, but, uh, in the past year and a half or so, Corey Burke has, uh, had green card or visa issues, uh, to get back into the United States. He went to Jamaica, I think it was either off season or during a transfer went like during an international break or something. Uh, and then he had trouble getting back his visa had expired or, or something like that. Uh, if I recall the story, it's been a long time without Corey Burke and he had had a great season <laughs> before uh before that had happened and now here he is he's back and he scores a goal 65 minutes in it's a great powerful header by Corey Burke it's good that the union have him back now and it's great that he's able to uh kind of start right back up from where he left off he had a really great season 
before he had the visa issues. I believe he missed all of last season with it. So yeah, it's been about a year and a half or so. And uh, really great. Unfortunately, while the game does end 2-1, 90 minutes in, Andre Blake has a hand injury, and we really still don't know the status of that. And if you know anything about the Philadelphia Union, is Andre Blake is uh, crucial, crucial to them. He's had, uh, if you've listened to me and uh, when I had Todd Lewis of the Philadelphia Union fan podcast, the free kick on, you know, he, he had kind of had a down year or two, but he's kind of back to his 2016, 2017 form. He's looking great. He gets a hand injury. Joe Bendick comes in, who is a pretty decent goalkeeper. Um, he's been around the league. I think Orlando was his last stop. But he, he he's pretty decent, but uh, he looked very shaky. I don't know if that's part of the issue of him not expecting to be coming in. You know, you don't expect to replace Andre Blake, especially in the 90th minute. And uh, it looked a little shaky. It looked a little worrisome. And actually... Uh, Andrew Wooten had to um, make a goal line clearance because of Bendit kind of being caught in the middle of nowhere. So a little worrisome if this Blake issue is going to become a problem, this injury, the union are not going to be in as good a shape. He is really essential to the way that they're set up with being able to trust their defense. It, it could be a big problem for the Philadelphia Union. I'm not saying that just because I'm a union fan, but if you know anything about them, Andre Blake is crucial especially the way he's been performing this season even in the mls's back tournament so it's good that they they got the win they looked a little shaky there at the end because this puts them in good position for that supporter shield which we'll get into a little later uh which also helped them in this was the toronto game toronto nil nycfc won 51 minutes in jesus medina scores to make it one nil and that was most of the action in that match. If we look at the stats here, NYCFC controlled the possession. They had 15 shots to Toronto's uh, none, it looks like here, uh, which I didn't get the chance to see this game. So that's pretty impressive. They were able to keep Toronto to, uh, to zero shots. But Toronto's been a little banged up, as we talked about uh, probably over the weekend when Toronto played Philly, and Philly beat them 5-0. Toronto's kind of going through a tough tough spot right now. Uh, so that's good for the Union. If you're rooting for a team to win their first ever trophy, uh, then you're, you're, it's looking pretty good right now, but uh, terrible for Toronto fans, especially with all the stuff that, all the work Toronto has put in with uh, being, you know, in, they can't even play in Toronto right now. They're playing in the States. They're away from their families. They're kind of, you know, out in the middle of they can't really do what they used to do in a season. They gave up a lot to play this season, and they're so close to uh, winning trophy, but injury is uh, just hurting there. Uh, DC United continue their great form under their new manager, uh, the interim manager, because Julian Gressel scores 32 minutes in over Columbus Crew, make it 1-0, uh, and that gives them Three wins in three matches, and they had a draw against the Union. So they're actually one loss in their last five. And that was against Chicago uh, right before, uh, I think it was the last match that uh, Ben Olsen coached. So since moving on from Ben Olsen, they've been 
they've been doing well. And they actually, yes, they had less possession in this match, 48% to 52. Nine shots beats Columbus Crews, seven shots. Uh, their goal, of course, beats Crews, no, zero goals. So, and he's playing the youth. You know, Donovan Pines is out there playing. Uh, you know, they're playing some uh, some good players. Uh, Rivas uh, is another youth player that's been starting to get some more time. Minnesota United 2, Colorado Rapids 1. 44 minutes in, Robin Laud scores, make it 1-0 for Minnesota United. 69 minutes in, uh, Shin Yasa... I'm going to butcher this. I hear it said all the time, too, but uh, for Colorado Rapids, Andre Shin Yasiki, Shiki uh, scores to make it 1-1. And then uh, 89 minutes in, Alalis Abubakar, own goal for the Rapids that gives Minnesota the win, 2-1. to one. FC Dallas 2, Inter-Miami 1, uh, 33 minutes in, Rodolfo Pizarro scores to make it 1-0. That was assisted by Gonzalo Higuain. Uh, then we have a penalty, 60 minutes in, Franco Daniel... Uh, Yara uh, scores to make it 1-1, and then 82 minutes in, Ryan Hollingshead scores to make it 2-1, and that's, I think, two goals in his last three matches or so for Hollingshead. So, uh, pretty pretty good result for Dallas. Miami's still kind of struggling this season. It is an expansion year, but with the way Nashville's been, and with the amount of money that Miami, Miami has, Matuidi now, they have uh, Higuain now, they have both Higuains. And uh, the money that's been put into that team compared to Nashville and Nashville just doing so well is, is good to see, actually. Uh, Portland. Let's talk about Portland. They completely demolished the LA Galaxy 5-2. to two. This was also on Wednesday uh, Nia's Goda scores to make it 1-0 six minutes in. He scores again in the 19th minute to make it 2-0. Then it's a Valeri penalty to make it 3-0. Then Christian Pavon scores to make it 3-1, 46 minutes in, right after halftime. Eric Williamson gets on the score sheet for Portland to make it 4-1. And then Andy Polo scores a fantastic goal to make it 5-1 for, uh, the, uh, for Portland, and then Christian Pavon scores to make it 5-2, 90 minutes in. Uh, LAFC versus Houston Dynamo, that one finished 2-1 to LAFC. Diego Rossi scores 9 minutes in to make it 1-0. Uh, Eddie Segura makes it 2-0, 22 minutes in. We get a missed penalty, 32 minutes in, from, uh, from Mauro Manatas, and then we get... Ariel Lassiter to make it 2-1, 46 minutes in. We got a red card for the Dynamo as well. Matthias Vera, 59 minutes in, and that's how the game finished. 2-1 with the Dynamo down a man. San Jose Earthquakes versus Real Salt Lake. 16 minutes in, Chris Wondolowski. All-time MLS leading goal scorer. Scores to make it 1-0. And guess what? He scores again to make it 2-0 in the 74th minute, and that's how the match finishes. He's 37 years old. He was supposed to retire at the end of the season. He's putting it off so that way he can play, I think, in front of some fans, have a normal season. Uh, but 
that's 169 goals if this is uh if this is correct here on what i have uh if this is updated which it looks to be updated 169 goals for the san jose earthquakes and in mls which is uh well actually no he had five in for dynamo so uh when so if you don't know the earthquakes moved to houston got rebranded the dynamo then they created a new team again called the earthquakes and then he got sent back uh but he is the all-time leading goal scorer for mls now he's above landon donovan and he's just been so consistent in mls he's one of the best strikers ever he's the best striker ever in mls so it's good to see him uh still putting it on 37 years uh into his life here it's it's pretty great uh he's such a late bloomer too all right, so let's look at the standings. So one of the news here is that uh, that just happened today. MLS announced at 4.30 today on uh, Thursday, the 29th, that uh, with multiple MLS clubs set to finish the 2020 regular season without playing a full 23-match schedule due to COVID, the standings and qualification for the Audi MLS Cup playoffs will be determined by points per game. And here's some tiebreakers and stuff here, too. Standing tiebreakers, total number of wins per match played. That's number one. Um, Two, goal differential per match played. And goals four is three. And then it just continues down there. Number nine is a coin toss. Regular season wraps up November 8th. So all of Colorado's games that were canceled against SKC, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, Seattle Sounders, they're not making those up. Minnesota United versus FC Dallas was the only other one canceled, and they are not making that one up either. So these these teams, it's all affecting the West, are going to have less uh, less uh, less teams, uh, less games than the other teams. So if we look at standings, they've updated this on the website right now. When we look at the East, it still puts the Philadelphia Union with forty four points in first place, and in lead for the Supporter Shield. They have 2.1 points per game. 8-0 record at home. No no draws, no losses at home. Away is a little bit different. 3-3-4. Three, three, and four. <laughs> But uh, <clears throat> that puts Toronto in second with 41 points, and that's a 1.95 points per game. So it's still close. The Union should still, uh, I think they can actually win it on Sunday from what I'm reading. But the best chance is just go out there and win your last two games, which might be tough if, if Blake is going to be out for an extended period of time here. And that's how you're going to get your first trophy. Columbus crew are in third in the East with 1.75. And Orlando has the same, 1.75. So the tiebreaker then is wins, which is 10 wins for Crew, 9 for Orlando. So that can still switch as uh, some of these teams really only have... Well, those two teams, Crew and Orlando, still have three games left, and the Union and Toronto have two games left. When we look at... Uh, so if we look at the playoff spots then, Chicago Fire is in there with 10 in the 10th spot right now, there's eight teams that are clinched in the East. That's the Philly Union, Toronto FC, Columbus, Orlando, New York City, Nashville, New York Red Bulls, New England Revolution. 
Ninth place is Montreal Impact, so they're in a good spot right now. And Chicago Fire. Inter-Miami is in 11th. And the difference here is they're both on 21, uh, Miami and Chicago. But Chicago has 1.05 points per game, while Miami has 1 point per game. So, it's getting close down here at the bottom. Um, We also look at uh, DC United. They're even with Miami. One point per game. 21 points. When we look at wins, they have one less win than Miami. But with the way they turn it around, you can't count DC United out, actually. They they have a shot at making the playoffs with their uh, two games left. Atlanta United in 13th, FC Cincinnati in 14th with 0.76 per game, points per game, and Atlanta with 0.9. Let's look at the West. So what I was referring to, if SKC jumped up to first because they had 36 points, while Seattle has 35, but now that we're going by points per game, Seattle's back up into first with 1.84. That puts them in third place for points per game and puts SKC in fourth place for points per game if we're looking at supporter shield so it's not just down to two teams it's down to those four pretty much portland in third in the west with 1.75 points per game 35 points total and fourth place minnesota united with uh 30 points and 1.58 points per game uh the five teams that have clinched in the west seattle Kansas City, uh, Sporting Kansas City, Portland Timbers, Minnesota United, and LAFC are the five teams to have clinched playoffs. Uh, if we look at here, it's going to be uh, FC Dallas in sixth, San Jose in seventh, Colorado in eighth. And uh, yeah, so I, for some reason here, they only have eight teams in the West going in the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's true. Unfortunately, it does put, with the points per game, it puts Colorado, who's missed, like, how many games? They've only played 15 matches this year compared to some of these teams playing 20 or 19 so far, 21. That's going to put them in a spot where they don't have to make up their games. They're going to have a higher points per game. So they actually catapulted up from 11th place up to 8th because of that. But uh, it's really, really the only fair way to do it, uh, I think. So we'll see how it goes. Um, LA Galaxy at the bottom. And along with that, the LA Galaxy have fired their manager. Guillermo Barros Chalotto is no longer the LA Galaxy manager. And instead, MLS veteran Dominic Kinnear, former Houston Dynamo coach, uh, will serve as the interim head coach. And I believe he was the interim head coach once uh, Bruce Arena left for the USA uh, job. Um, so uh, they have only five wins this season, 11 losses, three draws, and they're in last place. They're at, they're at 0.95 points per game. Uh, and they're probably going to be knocked out uh, of contention very soon. But I think this is a bigger issue than just the coach. Uh, I think that 
Valley Galaxy need to start spending their money wisely. You know, Chicharito hasn't really worked out. It's time to stop getting big names for big names and just build a team. Just build a team. Uh, Zlatan did well here. He carried them on his back, but without him, everybody thought, oh, they'll do better because he's such a wild character. But it hasn't been the same. And it will, uh, you know, Chicharito is not Zlatan. As we see, he went over to Syria, uh, Syria A, and he's still destroying it, man, at uh, 39 years of age. It does look like, from what I'm reading here, is that the West will be only one through eight spots because they have two less teams in the that conference compared to the Eastern Conference. So it does seem like the Eastern Conference is going to have 10 teams and the West is going to have eight teams. So it's going to be very close in the West uh, with all of their points per game uh, shenanigans. All right, let's go ahead and talk some USL 1. USL League 1, which is below USL Championship. They had a final that was scheduled for Friday, and it's not going to be played. And I'll give you three guesses why. No, I'll give you one guess why. It's the reason everything else has been canceled. COVID-19 has struck uh, multiple individuals. This is from USLLeague1.com. Multiple individuals in Union Omaha's covered persons list tested positive for COVID-19. All individuals have been immediately isolated at home and are recovering in good spirits under the care of team physicians and infectious disease experts. All protocols are being followed. So USL headquarters, in collaboration with the Greenville Triumph, that's who the Union Omaha were going to play, and the League One Board of Governors, determined prior to the resumption of play this season that if needed, points earned per game during the regular season would be implemented to determine its 2020 champion. So with 2.1875, if you want to get really specific, points per game, Triumph SC has been named 2020 USL League One title winners. So the Triumph get their title without having to play a final. So pretty good for them. I'm sure they wanted to play that final. It's a very special moment. But it looks like, uh, unfortunately, they just couldn't do that. So uh, let's go ahead and take a short break. And then we'll come right back and we'll talk Americans Abroad. Then we'll look ahead to the games for the weekend. Hello, we'll be right back to more soccer talk. But first, you guys a fan of NBC's Superstore? It's a great comedy created by Justin Spitzer, who wrote for, guess what? One of the biggest shows of all time, The Office. And he has a show that's all about working in retail. Uh, Superstore is based at a store called Cloud9, which is sort of like a Walmart superstore. But guess what? I have a podcast about it. It's called The Break Room. Me, myself, Jordan Wiegand, breaks down every episode with my fantastic co-hosts, Casey McGeorge and Aylan Rowland, and sometimes DJ Unlio, uh, who edits and produces the podcast. We have great cast interviews as well. We've gotten the great Colton Dunn on our show, who plays Garrett. We have had Danny Gura, who plays Elias. We have had Kelly Schumann, who has played Justine fantastically. We've had Amir Karangi, who has played Saeed. We have had some great guests 
uh, on our show. We're hoping to have some more eventually. But the new season of Superstore starts on, I believe, October 29th on NBC, and we will be breaking it down episode by episode as they air, all on The Break Room. Just search us on your Apple Podcast. We are on pretty much anywhere where podcasts are available. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And we are back from our break, and we're going to go ahead and talk some Americans abroad. In the Champions League, we had Juventus versus Barcelona. Huge match. Everybody was looking forward to it. Well, Weston McKinney, he came in, but it was in the 75th minute while they were already down 1-0 to Barcelona. And then Messi scores a penalty in the 90th minute, and Juve also went down a man in the 85th minute. So it was a uh, it was a all right performance. I guess he came in with only twenty five minutes, uh, fifteen minutes left. That's his status. Chelsea faced FC Krasnodar. Jorginho missed a penalty early on in the match, uh, and it was one nil. Thirty seven minutes in, and it was one nil until seventy six minutes in. Kristen Pulisic came in in the seventy first minute, and he immediately just about five minutes later. Uh, with the penalty, created the penalty. The ball came into him. He tried to shoot it. It hit a player's hand on Krasnodar, uh, which looks like Martinovic uh, is the one that got that one. And uh, then Timo Werner steps up, converts the penalty. Then, uh, three minutes later, Zayek uh, scores for Chelsea. And this one was set up by Pulisic. He didn't get the assist, but he's uh, on the left-hand side. He passes over to Werner. Werner passes it to Zayek. It's into the back of the net. So big impact. And then 90 minutes in, Christian Pulisic scores, assisted by Tammy Abraham. Scores a really good finish and a tight window to make it 4-0. And uh, he was really the really the thing that changed the whole match, really. He really did change the whole match as somebody that is a Chelsea fan, but also watching the game just came in and immediately changed it we did get in the lineup for Dortmund Giovanni Reina uh he played until the 84th minute he was subbed out they win their game 2-0 over Zenit St. Petersburg no assists or anything for Reina that day still a good result though for uh for Dortmund and Reina and good to see him start after, you know, uh, we didn't, we talked about Barcelona and, and Juve. I totally forgot that Sergino Dest did not play. He was not starting. He was on the bench and he did not come in. So not much to talk about in that regard. Uh, when we look at uh, Leipzig, we did have on the bench Tyler Adams. He did not come into the game. He still has that knee injury, but it's good that he made the bench. I was starting to think that might affect his chances for the uh for the upcoming uh friendlies in november but it looks like he might be okay if he was on the bench because that means that they could have put him in moving on for the matches this weekend october 31st that's halloween 3 30 eastern fc dallas versus houston dynamo then we get nashville sc versus chicago fire that match is at 8 30 on halloween then it's November 1st, and we got a big one. Columbus Crew versus Philadelphia Union at 3.30. That one's on e- ABC. Main channel, ABC, nationwide. You can watch that. Maybe the Union get to win 
that trophy. We'll see. Uh, Atlanta United at 7 o'clock versus FC Cincinnati. New York City FC at 7 o'clock versus Red Bulls. So New York uh, uh, Hudson River Derby there is what they call it. Montreal Impact at 7.30 against Orlando City. New England Revolution at 7.30 against D.C. United. Sporting Kansas City versus Minnesota United at 7.30. We get Toronto FC versus Inter-Miami CF at 7.30 as well. Colorado Rapids at 9 o'clock against Seattle Sounders. Portland Timbers at 10 o'clock against Vancouver Whitecaps. Another Cascadia matchup there. LA Galaxy at 10.30 against Real Salt Lake. And San Jose Earthquakes at 10.30 against LAFC. Then we have some midweek games for November 4th. And then we got November 8th is Decision Day. And then we are done. We're going to the (laughs) playoffs after that. Uh, The last thing I wanted to talk about as well with this is... um, uh, USL, I've been banging this drum. The final is on Sunday at 8.30, so I know all those MLS games are coming on, but I think I'm going to be watching the USL championship final. It's a big one. It's Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Phoenix Rising. It's going to be a good match. That's at 8.30. That's on ESPN or ESPN2. But uh, Phoenix Rising, five wins in their last five matches. Tampa Bay Rowdies, Four wins in their last five matches. It's going to be a good final. I think I'm pulling for Tampa Bay just because of uh, Phoenix Rising's issues with San Diego Loyal. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Head-to-head, this matchup uh, for 2020, it looks like they have zero. They have not played at all this year against each other. Probably due to COVID. Um, But that is about it. So I think that's everything that I wanted to cover today. Like I said, we will have uh, some coverage midweek again for the November 4th games, which is Wednesday. So that's probably going to be on a Thursday, just like this one is. And then we're going to look ahead at that decision day, all the games on November 8th. We'll take a look at that. And then from there, uh, we'll we'll start looking at playoffs and we'll start breaking down those matchups. And we'll probably go a little bit more in depth when we have what you know what the matchups are going to be and being able to look at those matchups and see you know exactly how everything's going to shake out so um thank you everybody for listening if you did listen to this and hear me ramble on uh you can follow us on twitter at stop it show that's the main show twitter uh the stateside soccer show which is this show on twitter is that stateside show facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show Email us at stoppagetimeshow at gmail.com or Instagram us at stoppagetimesoccershow. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and have a great rest of your weekend and enjoy the slew of games we have coming up. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.